0: The Midday Report
1: I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report But let's start in court because there is a new witness today uh, who's expected to testify in the Senzo Miyiwa murder trial in the High Court in Pretoria. That's because Um Mtogazisi Twala wrapped up his testimony last week. So a new person is there today, but this new witness doesn't want the media to film her during her testimony. We know that she's a performer. And that she's going to give crucial evidence. It's not exactly difficult to work out who this is. It's probably one of two people. Um, But the media knows who it is but can't say who it is. So the media may be present but not take her testimony live, she says, because of the nature of her status as a public figure. There's elevated interest. And she doesn't want social media to gang up on her, basically. So have a listen to the argument going on earlier today in court.
2: My understanding is that this is a witness that is vital for purposes of these proceedings, and it is a witness that is coming um, unlike other witnesses who may come here by virtue of the nature of their job, like uh, people who do forensics, people who deal with uh, crime scenes and then formulate whatever is necessary, be it sketches or whatever. Um, This is a witness who is to give an account of what took place um, on the day of the incident and she comes as a lay person. Indeed, my Lord. That's number one. Number two, you are saying that uh, this witness is not objecting to the presence of uh, of journalists in the in the courtroom. In other words, she is still open to the um, feature of an open court. Indeed, my lord, um, just as in the same way as any other court. And as as any other case, which is not this one, is proceeding all over the country today, as we speak. Precisely, Manot, uh, without the delay of the, uh, the the cameras. Yeah. And she, what she requests is that the cameras should not beam um, <coughs> into her space as she testifies and transmit out into whatever coverage.
1: So that is the request from the witness. This is being opposed, advocate uh, Kumalo at the moment is uh, busy opposing this, that's for accused number three, uh, the state opposing this as well. Komatsu Modise, EWN reporter in court for us. Komatsu, good afternoon to you. What are some of the arguments against this request by the witness?
3: Well, I should say, Mandy. Good afternoon. All all of the defence lawyers are arguing against the state's application. They have all come out really in defence of having the matter continue to be broadcast as it has been. This matter has been broadcast um, with just audio, at least after uh, Sergeant Taylor. So you'll remember that when Timona Madala took the stand, we then started, um, uh, broadcasting, or at least the broad- the television broadcasters were broadcasting the matter without showing any visuals of him on the stand. And the same happened with Mutuwasi And all the lawyers really, well, I haven't heard Mishalala yet, but I know that all three have argued that there's nothing wrong with continuing as things have been. We heard, uh, the, the attorney for the first two accused, uh, Sikora Mustademi, saying that, you know, the court should not be held at ransom by this next witness. Of course, this comes from Advocate Balori earlier on saying that she says she will not testify if she's subjected to live uh, broadcasting or her testimony being uh, broadcasted live. But we did hear the judge really saying that he agrees with that. There's no way that um, a one witness this can hold the court to ransom. So what's going to happen now is that um, these submissions will have to be made by all defense lawyers before the media itself then determines whether it will be making an application before the court.
1: So the media hasn't officially opposed yet, is that right?
3: No. So what's happening now is that um, all of us as different media houses have come together to kind of get a sense uh, of what each of our legal departments are saying. The consensus and the general feeling among all of us, of course, is that this cannot be the case. You all know that, I mean, for us in radio, of course, sound is very, very important. It's what I use for all my stories to ensure Um, that nothing gets lost um, in, you know, the the typing and nothing gets lost in the words. So for us, at least, it is really important for us to continue broadcasting in the manner that we have been. TV also Mm -hmm. has had to come to a compromise, Mandy, in that they are not showing visuals of the witnesses, which would have been first prize. So now they're saying also, you know, um, at least on the sidelines, that sound is also pushing it quite a bit. So we've all agreed to kind of get in touch with our legal representatives and see what we can do in ensuring that we do have a legal rep in
1: court arguing on our behalf. Khomotso, thank you. Budise, EWN reporter in court there in the Sentomiewa matter. So let's have a quick listen in to what's happening there right now.
4: We <laughs> are Ufinalaga in mozabu Melanage, no Taba Old Tease. Onkelokoge, eh, Nakoge, Guia Pelegazello, Lana, Calagacumalo, no Munoganabani, eh, Pegene, eh, no Lento Ye Freedom of Expression, Yonage, Eballega kakhulu Amalunga we Ogani, itimba by media.
1: So that's argument taking place right now about the freedom of expression and its importance. That debate going on in the Senzo media trial at the moment. What are your thoughts on this? Are, you know justice needs to be done? It also needs to be seen to be done. But are you then infringing on the rights of um, of a witness who wants to testify? I think that absolutely we need at least audio uh, of this witness testifying.
0: The midday report.
1: The acting Johannesburg Mayor, Kenny Kunene, will be joined by various government departments today. He's in the Joburg CBD. They are going uh, to uh, hijack buildings in the city of Joburg, evicting res- residents living in torn down buildings. Of course, uh, he is the acting mayor while Cabela Guamanda is away. Kenny Kunene, the acting mayor, joining us now. Mr. Mayor, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Um, Firstly, how do you feel about being the acting mayor, considering that uh, uh, Kobelo Guamanda has only been in the job for a few days? Uh,
4: Thank you for having me, Mandy, and uh, good afternoon to your listeners. Um, Yeah, um, the mayor had to be on official business in uh, the Western Cape, and he therefore showed confidence in me by appointing me as the acting mayor. Of course, there are other capable people, but uh, this time around, he he chose me.
1: So today you're going to uh, hijack buildings in the city of Joburg. We know that this has been a long-running problem in the city of Joburg. uh, This idea of buildings being hijacked, uh, getting people to pay rent to uh, people other than the Joburg social housing company. Uh, How are you dealing with this today?
4: Um, What what we did uh Monday was last night. We, yesterday I got some, some uh, um, complaints about the building in Perea and, of course, other buildings. And i captured ch- it very well that it's been ongoing for quite some time. And uh, we then went to uh, visit Kalsamir in Berea uh, yesterday, which took us into the night. Uh, very unsafe building, very unhealthy bin- building. Um, and most of these buildings, people dump, even inside the building, the sections that are meant uh, for extramural activities or to even put a washing line, they just dump uh, their rubbish in there. So it's smelling, there's uh, boob- booby traps in the building. If you don't see, you fall into them, can break your leg. So um, we then indicated to the uh, residents of that building that we are going to, take, uh, to, to, to evict them. Uh, based on the court order that was given to Josco in, 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 uh, in January. But the problem that you have is that um, a lot of these people, of these buildings, have been hijacked by illegal foreigners. Some have been hijacked by South Africans. And when they put people into those buildings, they charge them rent-up. And there's nothing mm. that's happening. There's wires all over. Electricity has been connected illegally. Water has been connected illegally. So today, what we we are doing as a, a multi-departmental uh, program, uh, we have the MMC of Health who, and Social Development who will be joining us. The, the MMC of Human Settlement joined us yesterday. Uh, the MMC of Public Safety, which includes EMS, was with me also last night, and uh, we are now going together uh, to the identified building okay. where we are now going to 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 to, to give them. Uh, letters that uh, uh, the, the the building is unsafe, and uh, we are evicting them.
1: Well, what are you and, doing about uh, uh, alternative accommodation for those people who are being evicted?
4: You see, Mandy, I've got a problem with this thing. I know that that's there's, a there's a
1: court, there's a court judgment. You have to ensure that they have alternative yes. accommodation.
4: Yes, but you see, there are people who are in, in terms of court cost assessment. There are people who are earning between 5,000 and 23,000 rents who are staying in those buildings and not paying for any services. So those people, we say to them, go and find an alternative accommodation. Number one, Mandy, uh, people break the law and we want to use the law to to, to accommodate them.
1: But Uh, you will be in violation of the law if you don't find alternative accommodation for them.
4: Yes, I'm saying those that are earning a salary, they must go and find accommodation for themselves. But those that are unemployed, we—that that is why the MMC of Health and Social Development is there, because social development is the one that then uh, arranges alternative uh, uh, accommodation. So that is why that, that MMC is there, so that when we identify that there are those who were unemployed, we then uh, find ways of seeking alternative uh, accommodation for them until they found uh, permanent accommodation.
1: Kenny, what is the plan from the coalition government that is currently in power, Al-Jamaa, the ANC um, and the Patriotic Alliance to deal with this as a more fundamental problem instead of just dealing with the the one building? Today, we know that this issue of hijacked buildings has been long-running. How do you plan to deal with it?
4: As far as I'm concerned, uh, Mendy, it needs to be dealt with every day we need to go to buildings every day uh, take the people out take legal foreigners out who have who are who are staying in these buildings uh, and make sure that uh, they are taken to a place where they must be processed to go back home south africans are given alternative accommodation those who are earning a salary pay them in as far as i'm concerned it has to be every day and that is why when I was uh, appointed as the acting mayor, my first call of duty was to then put together these departments and say, let us go and address this matter. And what also uh, actually pained me was that the buildings around these hijacked buildings, uh, the residents they are paying for services, and they are saying, we are also going to protest now. Because these people are not paying for services, criminals hijack us, they rob us, women get raped, and they run into those buildings which are no-go zones. You can't go in there. The police have to get back up. By the time they come, the criminal is gone. So we we have to move as soon as possible Mm. uh, and make sure that we bring Joe back to its uh, glory days.
1: Kenny, thank you very much. Uh, that's the acting mayor of the city of Joburg, Kenny Kunene, speaking there about this issue of hijacked buildings. He's out today. He's joined by various government departments in the CBD. They're evicting residents living in uh, some of these buildings, uh, specifically the Kasamir building in Berea today. But we know that this is a long-running problem. This is a, an issue that has been around for some time. Um, and there is a court judgment which says the city of, of Joburg needs to ensure that there is alternative accommodation for people who are evicted. Kenny Kunene is saying well got enough money to uh, fund their own accommodation the city shouldn't have to provide it Uh, what do you think about that what do you think of Kenny Kunene as the uh, uh, acting mayor of the city of Joburg did you ever think that you would hear those words the
0: midday report
1: The Presidential Climate Commission is today briefing the media on the Just Energy Transition Investment Plan Recommendations Report. It all sounds very technical. Uh, It basically has to do with climate change and the Just Transition uh, in South Africa. So there's a a virtual media briefing taking place today on that Just Energy Transition Investment Plan. The Recommendations Report was submitted to the President. Lindsay Dentlinger, EWN Parliamentary Reporter, joining us now. Lindsay, break this down for for people that may not necessarily understand, and just remind us about the Just Transition and what the Presidential Climate Commission has been saying.
5: Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, it's quite a lot to get your head around, even for someone like me when you're not used to dealing with these kinds of issues every day. But essentially what this is about is the um, Climate Commission that you've mentioned. It's an advisory body set up by the President I think around two years ago to look at this Just Energy Transition for the country, which uh, is the move away from um, fossil fuels and the move to more to greener energy, and a lot of that has to do with the decommissioning of coal-fired power stations and um, the implementation of renewable energy. And what this commission has been doing since November is essentially they've been critiquing the country's just energy. Um, um, plan um, and how they plan to transition, and have been um, well fairly critical in key aspects. Mandy, and what stood out for me today um, in that press briefing that just ended a short while ago is that the Commission doesn't think it's a great idea to keep our coal-fired power stations running beyond their natural lifespan. And you will recall that the electricity minister um, just um, earlier this month had said that is the plan right now to end load shedding is to pump more resources into mm. these um, these coal-fired power stations to essentially keep the lights on. And while the Commission is saying they understand that it's very difficult to uh, insist that these coal-fired stations be shut down when we are facing such a critical um, a energy crunch – um, they don't think that it's a wise idea, especially from a, from a monetary perspective, to continue throwing more money into these power stations when we should really be focusing on how we more quickly get renewable sources onto the grid. But just let's take a listen to Christian Alva. He's the executive director of the Presidential uh, Climate Commission.
2: The uh, least cost pathway is to pull these power stations off at the end of their economic life um it's very difficult to be advocating decommissioning in the middle of a power crisis and w- we think there's you know uh, moving the decommissioning of particular coal plants out by a couple of years is neither here nor there uh so um and and is not going to fundamentally affect our ndc i mean we are uh actually making really good progress in terms of emission reductions, partly because of the extent of load shedding and, and, and the anemic economic growth that we've been ha- having as a country.
1: Crispin Olver there from the Presidential Climate Commission. Well, how about that, hey? They're saying that uh, we should be decommissioning our coal-fired power stations. We've seen the Energy Minister and the President saying uh, that that should not be happening, that they've they've backtracked effectively on the fact that we um, we should be shifting to renewables and this just transition. Lindsay Dentlinger, EWN Parliamentary Reporter, thank you for that update on this briefing. I wonder how seriously the President is going to take his own Climate Commission and their recommendations here. The Midday Report. Well, speaking about the climate and the impact on weather and all of that, uh, more than a 1,000 people staying in community halls and churches in Nkbeja. They were evacuated from their homes over the weekend. We saw heavy downpours in parts of the Eastern Cape. The Western Cape Disaster Department calling on residents to be extra cautious as well uh, as a cold front and strong winds and heavy rains are forecast for the province in Joburg. It's also um, it's cold. You can feel that winter has definitely hit in, the, in Joburg as well. As well, Lechlho Nolo Tobela, SA Weather Service Forecaster, joining us now. Lechlho good afternoon to you. Thanks for your time. What's the the picture across the country this week?
4: Good afternoon,
6: and thanks for having me. I think um, today. As we start with our forecast, we have a widespread chance of showers and danish expected over the northeastern parts of the country. That will include Khao the high field of Mpumalang, as well as the central and the southern parts of Mpopo. Otherwise, most areas along the northeastern parts of the country expect a scattered chance of showers and danish And most of the isolated showers and rain are expected for the central and the eastern parts of the country today. With that, warnings for today are expected along the coastal areas of KZN. We're expecting a disruptive rain which might lead to some flooding and some areas as well as a severe warning for uh, severe thunderstorms is expected over Mpumalang, high in Pumalang. The high flood of Mpumalanga the central and southern parts of Limpopo, as well as most parts of Harking, except in the northwestern parts, which would include Pretoria, the eastern parts of Free State, as well as the southeastern parts of the northwest province, expected to have severe thunderstorms, which might result in some flash floods, as well as a possibility of hail. Tomorrow, though, we're expecting isolated showers and rain mainly over the northeastern parts, which would be including Mpumalanga and as well as the eastern parts of the Northeast Province, and not excluding the northeastern parts or the extreme northern parts of Free State tomorrow. No state at tomorrow, but it looks like uh, the condition seems to ease out from tomorrow for most parts, it's including the eastern parts of the Eastern Cape Province.
1: Right Little uh, Honolo, What kind of winter Are we expecting Is it going to be Colder Wetter Than we have uh, Experienced in the past
6: I mean, with the seasonal forecast being an issue, do they expecting the maximum and the minimum temperatures to be above normal, which then would say it's not as cold as is expected. However, it doesn't mean that with the cold fronts that might have, we'd still have some cold days within the winter. But it looks like the outlook of the seasonal forecast shows that we're expecting some abnormal temperatures or rather above normal uh, maximum and minimum temperatures this winter.
1: Thank you very much Weather Forecaster giving us a sense of, of what uh, uh, we can expect uh, this week but also for the season. I thought it, it definitely feels wetter and colder. It's always hard to gauge. You can't always remember what the weather's like. Um, but uh, the suggestion there is that uh, it, the temperatures are actually higher than they have been in the past. But um, the Weather Service uh, uh, explaining the situation there. The Western Cape Disaster Department uh, is calling on residents in the Western Cape to be extra cautious. this. Week heavy rains forecast for the province and Joburg. Definitely feeling uh, the winter pinch, uh, the bite coming in already. The
0: midday report.
1: Well, let's uh, change tack for a moment and have a look at the situation in Turkey because Turkey is heading for a runoff vote. President Tayyip Erdogan led over his opposition rival Kemal Kiligdaraglu, I hope I've pronounced that. Correctly in yesterday's election, but uh, did not get an outright majority. So because of that, neither of them cleared the 50% threshold. Uh, that would have been needed to avoid a, a second round. So there's going to be a second round on the 28th of May now. Tembisa Fakude, Senior Research Fellow and Director at the Africa-Asia Dialogues, joining us now to unpack some of this. Uh, Tembisa, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, just explain to us the process here. There was no outright majority one of them needed a 50% threshold. So, so where are we now?
4: Well, uh,
7: it's going to be a second round, as you correctly said, uh, because no one managed to get an outright majority. But uh, both candidates are comfortable and confident that they will win this election. Uh, what's been upsetting, of course, for techs is that uh, the people that were affected by the earthquake voted overwhelmingly for uh, President uh, Rajiv dad Edward. Many people had expected that there was going to be some sort of rejection of uh, President Erdogan, but we saw uh, the opposite of that uh, yesterday.
1: And what what is Erdogan's kind of support like generally? We know that uh, he has had a 20-year rule of, of the country, very controversially. Uh, so what are the expectations around how how he will come out of this?
7: Well, uh, Everyone has been smart in terms of his uh, his his support to of growing, of his support in the strategy that he's been using. He uses both the Islamist stronghold and the nationalist stronghold. Whereas his, um, um, his, his other contenders in this elections are mainly nationalists. Whereas that, Edwin understands that he uh, has uh, got a much more uh, stronger influence within the Islamist or Muslims. Uh, in 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 Turkey, but at the same time he also speaks to the nationalist um, sentiments that are increasingly growing in Turkey so for those two reasons he he is one of the few uh, politicians who' managed to tap into these two very strongholds of the of the Turkish constituency.
1: You mentioned the, the earthquake, which has uh, significantly impacted the landscape in Turkey. But there are other issues like the cost of living, uh, relationships with Russia, the Middle East and the West. Uh, you mentioned religion as well. What are some of those, those fundamental issues that uh, are, are central to the decision of the electorate in Turkey?
7: Well, the talking points during this election has been the economy. Of course, uh, the lira is taking a dive and the Turkish economy in general is struggling. And the other important issue is the terrorism, and uh, terrorism is linked to immigration, at least according to the text. You currently have over 3 million Syrians who are in Turkey and other uh, nationalities, who many many of whom left their countries after the Arab Spring, who are now based in Turkey. It's the Arab grouping that's based in Turkey. And there's been some sort of uh, disgruntlement by the nationalists uh, that uh, Turkey has been taken over by the Arabs, particularly those who come from the Gulf countries. So that's the most important issue at the moment, and that's what everybody's talking about, the migration. And the fact that Bashar al-Assad, the president of Syria, is once again uh, accepted or welcomed back into the Arab League, many people are saying it's time that the Syrians who have been seeking refuge in Turkey go back to their homes.
1: Timbisa, thank you very much. Timbisa Fakude, Senior Research Fellow, Director at the African Asian Dialogue, speaking to us there uh, about this uh, this runoff vote that is going to play, take place in Turkey on the 28th of May. And that's because neither candidate, neither Erdogan nor Kilig Daruglu, uh, cleared the 50% threshold needed to avoid that second round. The
0: Midday Report.
1: That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website, 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener.
4: Latest news, breaking stories,
1: expert analysis.
4: All you need to know in 60 minutes.
0: This is the Midday Report.